good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. <laughs> Wherever you are, at whatever time you listen to this podcast, it's now. This is Oliver, your host of the Oliver Shira Show, and thank you that you're t- tuning in to another episode where it's my task to find inspiring people that share their life story, their wisdom, their knowledge, methods, habits around creativity, innovation, feeling better with yourself, a lot of spiritual talk lately and mystic talk. And today is not an exception of that. We have Dilmi Mahadurake from Sri Lanka. Dilmi shares with us her near-death experience, her big awakening, the death of her ego and how everything disappeared. She um, she goes deep. She hasn't really talked much with many people. She kept it secret because out of fear what people will think. And I'm so glad that she opened up to me and to you which are listening this episode. So it is a bit advanced for people in the spiritual realm. If you're not really used to that, you might feel triggered. You might feel a little bit annoyed for some things she's sharing here, which is completely normal. If you have listened to Eckhart Tolle or Osho, we talk about those two, you might feel the same. So if you want to listen to a great story, how you can come from a black place, from a dark place where you just feel everything is wrong, and you wake up a bit to this, and wake up a bit to that, relationships, how the world lives, to the big, big awakening and what it needs, then you're right in this episode. You will get some applicable advice and, you know, call to action, how you actually can change your mindset, your personality and your future. So without any further ado, welcome, Dilmi, to my epi- to my podcast with this episode. Welcome to the Oliver Show. Um, Dilmi, do I say that right? Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you, Oliver, for giving me this opportunity to share my story. Yes, you're very welcome. I read it on Instagram and I do not remember how we are connected, but I saw that you were in a very dark place. But before we go there, let's let's get some kind of ice breaking. Uh, (laughs) So also for the listeners and me to kind of know who is Dilmi. And now let me see. Mahadurake. How do you say your name? Mahadurake. Mahadurake. Okay. (laughs) It's always difficult when you interview people from all around the world. Sometimes (laughs) (laughs) names are pronounced different everywhere. Um, Okay. But to to get to know you, I, I started my podcast to ask my guests to describe themselves in three words, you know, like you can say, I'm courageous, um, I'm creative, whatever, but perhaps with a little story why you see yourself like that. Okay. So you see yourself, I mean, don't tell me how other people see you, how you see your strengths. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Peace and uh, determined. And determined, okay. I could say those three. I don't know. That's what comes to my mind right now. 
So I will go those three words, you know. So, so why, why these three words? Yeah, a piece is like, uh, to be very honest, like from the very young age, that's what I really, really focused on. The reason behind that is because Oliver, like I saw my dad, like was doing his business, but uh, like he was doing successful, but at the same time, he was lacking the peace of mind. And so that's what I strive for. And that's, that's now where I am right now, I feel, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, then and then the is like uh, whenever I put like a focus on something, I'm like laser focus and I go for it, you know, and uh, my whole like life mission was to figure out what's the universal truth in life. And uh, I just, I seek for it for a very long time, for nearly 10 years, very intensively. And I just, uh, I felt like I get, I got there, you know, finally that seeking stopped. So that's why I said it am I. And energetic means like, uh, or then energetic, I could say, I would use the word, word energy, you know? The reason is because uh, I feel other people's energy, you know? And, uh, and, I feel like that my whole life is around energies and I was being guided by the energies. I feel uh, like people's energies and sometimes I read a book and I immediately feel the energy of the other person, you know? So, yeah. So, so, so when you read the book, is it, is it the person which is writing you feel the energy? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So for example, so, so, the book, the Eckhart Tolle, yeah. you know? One time I, I remember that I was reading his book and I literally felt the energy of uh, the person's, like how he wrote the book, like his presence. I immediately felt his energy through his book. Yeah. Wow. So now, now I read Eckhart Tolle's book, one of them. I've been told um, uh, The Power of Now, I think it's the title. Mm -hmm. I've been told another one uh, is is better for some people. How was the energy you felt from him? I mean, he's very calm and slow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I felt like such a peace inside me. Like, I'm not, I realize it's coming through the book. You know, it's just that his energy, the author's energy, peace and calmness, such a groundness. I don't know how to put it into the words I feel yeah that the presence of his you know like he's wow like, like he's at the such a, a powerful state of now you know you know what I mean he's even talking about the power of now yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so he's not talking he's actually living it exactly and you could feel it so it was not the words you actually felt him did you have another experience where you were getting the opposite of, of peace and grounding. Oh, yes, yeah. Yeah, so uh, some people I can remember, like I don't want to mention their names, but I have, <laughs> all, <laughs> I have a, like a phone call with the person, but I immediately feel like so negative, like stressed and, uh, you know, the restlessness of the person, you know. Okay, so I have to be careful how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I feel fine. I feel good. 
you feel good you feel good in my yeah. presence yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so all listeners i got the green light here yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no but this is very interesting because reading books i mean of course i've been reading a lot of books probably more than i can remember and Eckhart Tolle, I didn't feel his presence, but I, I watching him on uh, YouTube, mm. wherever you see him, webinars, I can feel his calmness, but it doesn't go as deep as you describe it. Like you really felt it. Mm. For me, it's, a kind of, it's kind of there, it's kind of touching me. Mm. Um, for me, unfortunately, I feel more than negative feelings because it's multiplying my own inner insecurities, I think. Uh, which are not just multiplied um so when i ask you about the feeling the energies now of my own experience mm-hmm. are you feeling any energy no matter what or do you think it has something to do with your own state of mind or energy field frequency you have yourself at the moment or i feel like i'm an impact you know you know, impact just feel other people's energies, you know. And also, I feel like from the very young age, I was uh, med- like, I was always into meditating and stuff, you know. I, I used to meditate and I feel like I'm very sensitive to the energies around me. So just I'm very sensitive. Yeah. I could say that, you know, it's not like some, it's just how I am, you know. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, and the other question is for the people listening here. I know a few yeah. of the listeners by, by name. <laughs> yeah. um, so I know some feedback comes from my friends which are listening. And then the question is, of course, okay, I know that I feel these energies. As I said, I, I, I realized that I felt sadness once for, with a friend and I knew it's not mine. That's when I realized I absorbed the energy from other people. Yeah because I felt so much sadness. I just wanted to cry uh, and I was overwhelmed with it. And then of course I reacted. I feel I reacted wrong in that situation with with the person because I could have supported that person more. Um, But then I, of course I started thinking back and back and back wherever I felt suddenly unrooted and scrambled around in my feelings was always when there were too many people around for me. So do you have any any way, any practice you use to actually shield yourself from being an empath at certain situations where you do not want to feel the negative feelings, the sadness or other things, how to shield yourself or protect yourself from it? Yeah, that's a very good question, Oliver, to be very honest. Even I am trying to figure that out because sometimes I feel overwhelmed, you know, like recently, I was where I read in the book, Anita Mojani, she's an uh, empath herself. And she was talking a lot about this. And uh, here's the thing, now, right now I'm working with my clients too, you know. To be very honest, I don't have a tool that I could uh, shield myself with the energy because sometimes I feel like I can, like, like there are tools I have learned. But then again, if I try to do that, then I feel like I'm not connecting with the person. You know what I mean? Okay. So sometimes like, I could do that with the client, but then I feel like that I don't really connect with the person in order to support them. You know what I mean, Oliver? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so 
currently I'm not using anything to like shield myself. Like uh, what I do is whenever I absorb someone else's energy, I just uh, go within myself and ground myself and then release that energy out of my body because sometimes I absorb so many people's energies. You know, whenever I go to a funeral and <laughs> whenever I go to a crowded place and all that, and uh, and then I realize that I need to release that once I come back home. Yeah. Okay, I definitely see um, that you do not want to shield yourself from the, the energies from your clients mm -hmm. or the people you try yeah. to help because you somehow, I assume here, I don't know, yeah. that you use that sense to actually get deeper to the person because some people might shield themselves or are not honest with, mm. with what's going on, but you can sense something and therefore you can probably guide through the waters to, yeah. to help more. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like by doing that, the other person just healing just by me being in that presence. You know, if I try to like, you know what I mean, Dolly? So, I mean, there are tools, for example, like that. There's one tool that I learned where I can put a rose in front of each other. You know, I just like visualize the aura. Bubble, you, yeah, the aura. And then I put a rose in right in front of you and I just shield myself. But once, if I do that, then I feel like I'm going little bit out of the presence, you know what I mean? And like where I am very deeply listening to a person, I feel like when I'm in that presence, the other person just get healed just by me being in that presence. And, and, and that brings me back to the first author you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. uh, Eckhart Tolle said, yeah. says the same in his book. Oh, yeah that he thought he's a healer because people were healing in his presence oh. where he then realized later on, it was just his presence and his, his presence, like his undivided presence on the person, yeah. which was healing them. It was not him doing anything. It was just because they did, were not used that someone is really there for them present. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I do that, not like really shielding myself. I sometimes like I need, I feel that I need to protect myself, but I just stay in that presence because I want to really support the person. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. That, perfect. Oh, wow. So now I have it from a person directly in front of me, not through a book. <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, so yeah, so you just shared the, I learned it from Jeffrey Allen. My sister shared me the same, you know, with the aura, the bubble, and you have the uh, acceptance, acceptance yeah. rose or whatever, which says like, yeah. like, like this is my space, everything else is your space. You can get closer, but you know, don't step over certain. And my sister had something similar. Yeah. And now when you've, are filled up with all these energies because of a funeral, birthday party, yeah. shopping in a big market. Yeah. How do you ground yourself? What is your process? Okay, that's interesting. Um, to be very honest, Oliver, I don't do anything particular, you know? And uh, like, 
some years back at some 2019 november i went through a breakthrough awakening in my life you know and after that awakening something really uh, like uh, interesting happened in my life i just started being in the now like in a meditative state throughout my life you know like 24 hours okay so you're grounded all the time like yeah it was like i was in that now like this presence like all the time sort of in the past i used to get that through a meditation or something which i did in particular but after the awakening that was like my uh, state you know uh, interesting because uh, that was not the case in the past so yeah we we let, let's get shortly into that <laughs> um i'm really curious my my second question normally is a color like if you would be a new pencil in a coloring box what color would you be and why would you be that color it could be anything i mean could be stardust if you <laughs> um yeah i think i would be the blue color blue yeah and why so because most of my dresses are in blue <laughs> does I it have any specific i love the color and especially <laughs> the royal blue royal blue because you just you just love it i love it yeah i don't know why it's just somehow my dresses are almost all the dresses are in blue you know <laughs> <laughs> beautiful um okay so but then let's go into your story i mean yeah where are you you already mentioned awakening mm-hmm. you already mentioned that you're in the presence with other people mm-hmm. so so where are you now and how did you get here okay where am i right now is just uh now what do you mean like uh what what are you doing like you know what is your yeah okay currently what i do is i coach people i coach with them like spiritual and enlightenment you know what i do basically is oliver like that i facilitate people on their awakening you know like uh, not just as intellectual understanding when i uh, explain something to them then it becomes like a knowledge for them like some another information mm-hmm. but what i do is i facilitate them to have a direct experience of this awakening for themselves because only that can transform you only that can transcend your suffering you know what i mean so yeah. yes so i mean I let's go a bit deep yeah, yeah. I've seen on your on your Instagram profile, you have a few testimonials for you. Mm-hmm. Very short um, introduction you offer. Mm-hmm. So how how can you facilitate someone to have an awakening? I mean, many people around the world realize something mm-hmm. doesn't really fit in mm-hmm. in what they learned in school, parents, culture scape, yeah. uh, and like me. And I know I'm I'm. I do not feel that I'm spiritual. I'm too much in my head, right? So okay. I know I'm still up here like all the energy is up here. I know. Yeah. And it's many it's not yeah. Many people have that. So how can you support someone actually to get I don't know where it is in the heart, in the being and to waken up and really be pres- present I think. Mm-hmm. 
uh, well, uh, the number one thing I do is, Oliver, is just having discussions like this, you know? Like most of the people, sometimes they say that uh, after the session, they said, oh my goodness, I was a heightened state for two, three days after, you know? <laughs> like, and uh, what I do is I just have discussions with them and then I try to open them up, you know, to the reality that I, uh, that I experience. Because I feel like whenever I talk, sometimes some people who have, who have done sort of meditation feel my energy too, you know, and then they trust me in that way. So more, one of the things that I do is just, I have discussions like this. And the uh, second thing is I do with them is contemplation. Contemplation means like uh, I ask them to do like, uh, ask them to question themselves like one question over and over again. For example, one question I do with them is who am I? <laughs> you know? And another question I do with them is what do I really know for sure? Yeah, I've seen that on your post as well. Yeah. I, I think today, actually. <laughs> I, I think I posted today. <laughs> and, uh, and so many other questions. What is fear? Yeah. <laughs> and all these questions, I just ask them to ponder on and contemplate on. Because uh, that's another way that I ground them. And another thing is, I just ask them to like, Actually, to be honest, Oliver, meditation is not about something you do for 30 minutes. You know, it's a way of life. You know, it should be a way of life, you know. So what I ask them to do is anchor themselves through their body, you know, because that's the, I mean, that's the best thing you can do because you're always in your body. Whenever <laughs> you are living in your body, you come out of your mind and stays in your start staying in your body. You know, whenever now you're seated, like if you feel your palms right now, you know, do you feel your palms right now? You can do that anywhere, you know. <laughs> it, are you doing? I mean, I feel yeah. you asked, and I just felt all my 10 fingers yeah um, because also take notes while we are talking oh yeah okay sure i was i was thinking also two years ago mm -hmm. almost two years ago mm -hmm. in, in june july i went to a mastermind retreat so mm -hmm. the listeners they know i'm talking about that <laughs> mm -hmm. but we haven't talked before and i did vietnamese martial arts where we also had you know oh, yeah. breathing techniques qigong kind of things oh. i i just got very much sweating and hot doing these breath works i remember but i do not remember to feel the ball i remember the words of my teacher you know he said like feel like you have a ball in your hand and you move it like this that mm -hmm. and being in bulgaria i just felt this energy between the hands is that also something you work with and you practice grounding with your clients mm, i don't do anything specifically like i'm uh, doing with energy work or anything like that what I do is so sort of like, like the discussion itself is a vipassana meditation. You know, I am <laughs> opening up to them. You know, I'm opening their head to a whole new uh, world. You know, and uh, so yeah, that's that's what I basically do. Even uh, I just 
I used to work with my teacher, like uh, I used to have a teacher, an enlightened Buddhist monk. Uh, some years back, I, in 2018, I met him. And uh, fortunately, I got the opportunity to work with him one-on-one. -on -one. And the number one thing I asked is like, uh, like what, what do I need to do to like awaken like, I mean, I realized that man is definitely awakened, you know, like in a different, uh, like uh, I felt his energy. So anyway, so I asked the number one question, how, how would I do this? And then he said, just have discussions like this and listen to me. That's all you need to, I'm like, okay, then what about the meditation? Meditation is about the thing. And he said, it's optional. I'm like, really? And uh, so, yeah, he just uh, shattered all my uh, stuff and he took me to a whole new world, you know, whole new like uh, path, you know, because he has already walked the path. So he said, exactly do this, do that, do and all that. And then I just, just in a whole new <laughs> level, of consciousness, I could say, yeah. So, so let's let let's get into that now that you opened yeah. that door mm -hmm. of of the actual awakening from that you had. Mm -hmm. Where have you been before, and and how did you find this Buddhist monk teacher, which was enlightened? Yeah. Okay, for that I will go back to like ten years back. You know. Yeah. So, two thousand ten. Uh. Yeah, I think I could say 2011, you know, 2011. Okay. Yeah, I went through like, uh, anyway, I, I brought up, like I brought up in, I, uh, I born to a family, it's a Buddhist family, you know, so from the very, very young age, I got, uh, because my parents are a little bit too religious, you know, they were into this ah. uh, work anyway. And uh, so, uh, I also got influenced by that, all these Buddhist concepts such as enlightenment and things like that from very young age. But I could say the major shift happened in me was like in 2011, like I went through a breakup with my boyfriend at that time, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, it was just two years relationship, just like, you know, but the thing with me is I get to, I get attached with someone very, very, uh, because I'm very sensitive and I get very attached with the person. And suddenly when I broke up with him, like I lost all the meaning that I had about life, you know, because he was my meaning at the time. You know, I felt like he was my purpose because for two years that went on and suddenly, wow, like, I was like, you know what? And at that time, I had like a mini awakening where I felt like the whole thing is a joke. You know, I told some <laughs> stuff to this man, like, okay, I'm going to be with you forever, this and that, like I promised him all this stuff. And right now, I mean, does this mean that I'm going to tell this old shit to another man, you know? <laughs> it's, I felt like I had a mini awakening, like the whole thing is a joke. You know, I, I, I don't know. And I lost all the meaning. And now I'm like, now what? I'm like, what's the meaning of life? What mm. we are doing anything in life? And why am I here? What's going on? I wanted to figure out everything. I was asking really deep questions. And I, I couldn't find any answers from, especially from the religion, you know? 
and I, I saw that there are like, yeah, that there are scriptures and all that, but then I'm like, I wasn't so happy with that because I wanted to find something for myself as the direct experience, not as some like borrowed knowledge, you know? And uh, so I came into this spirituality very, very deeply, you know? I started like listening to so many enlightened teachers <laughs> around the world. Like you name it, I know anyone in the world that I know every person. Okay. I started listening to every teacher that I could possibly find, you know. And uh, and so during this time also I got into the university, you know, like uh I got that admission to go to the university because I got really good grades and I entered into the university, but I wasn't feeling so good. I was feeling empty and unhappy, miserable, sad, complaining all the time. I mean, that's the honest reality of my life at that time, you know? And um, so somehow I uh, like, uh, I was like following a uh, management degree, which is to do with entrepreneurship. Oh, you know, I okay. Entrepreneurship, uh, because I, I knew from the very beginning, I'm not going to do a job, you know, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I just majored in entrepreneurship. So at that time, I also like, uh, Somehow the long, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a long story, but uh, is it okay if I go on the story? Yes, that's why I do not have the fixed time because I want oh, yeah. my guests to be able to really open up and share. Yeah, yeah okay. And so uh, during this time, I was doing my uh, university degree. And, but at the same time, my, my whole focus is about finding answers, <laughs> you know finding answers, why I'm here and all that. I wasn't really in my degree. Sometimes I have a next day, I have an exam, but I'm just reading enlightened teachers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I, I'm so glad at least I passed the exams, but somehow, and uh, I got <laughs> degree. Uh, and also at that same time, I was doing a professional accounting uh, course as well. If you have heard of Chartered Institute of Management Account, it's a UK qualification. I was following that too, you know. <laughs> and uh, at the same time, they create this. And also I was doing some uh, classes, teaching English to like small kids and uh, students, you know, and was trying to like really balance all this stuff. But my mind was always in this spirituality, was trying to find meaning. And uh, I found many teachers, many enlightened teachers. And, uh, but the thing is, I didn't feel like I got real answers for what I'm looking for. Yes, during this time, I had many awakenings too, you know, because I was very much into this work, was meditating every day, uh, wow. like, you know, and was doing inner work, listening to hours of teachers. You know, whenever I get a break, what I do is I put everything out listening to a cartoli. Sometimes there were times, Oliver, before I go to the university, I have to listen to 30 minutes at least to a cartoli. Otherwise I can't go because I wanted to ground myself. You know what I mean? So, 
So, but you, you, as you said in the beginning, so you absorbed his yeah. energy again. Did you do that already there that you felt him or was it just the words which grounded you? It's just, I feel his energy. I'm like, yeah, already then. You know, yeah, already then I felt it. Yeah. Okay. I feel like I've been guided through this energy system. I don't know. <laughs> that's how I work. Operate. You know, I don't know. Like, but like now, right now, you can see a laptop right in front of you. For me, yeah. energies are like that, very tangible. I just. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> yeah. One time I can mention you, uh, like, like somewhat like I was in a hotel and I came to the reception and we were about to get into our vehicle. But that right that time, some three people came into the way, like from a, like, from a tri-show, you know, like there's like in Sri Lanka, there are something called tri-shows, like a three-wheeler and they just got down, you know, mm -hmm. uh, suddenly they just got down and then I immediately felt they are up to something. I felt such a restless energy. I'm like, everyone just come in come in like you know and like you know and i don't know what really happened because the vehicle came and we just got inside and we came out so but i just felt this something like really up with the uh. energy of those people and there are many instances like that that i feel people's energies you know yeah. so yeah so yeah so you were at the 30 minute listening to Eckhart Tolle, so you actually could get to, that was before university. During this time, I was always listening to Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> yeah. so, so he's like one of your big guides actually, or mentors. I could say, yeah, yeah. He's one of the like, because I felt like he just grounds me. I don't need to do even any meditation, just listen to him, I'm grounded. <laughs> Which is funny because I got really irritated listening to him in the beginning. Oh, um, but that, I think my friend sent me Eckhart Tolle in German because he's German and I'm Swiss mm -hmm. German. So I do understand. I just realized a lot of this mindfulness, meditation, mm -hmm. enlightenment um, material in German is harder for me to absorb. It somehow doesn't really get in me uh, where in English it's easier. I just did finished a translation for a friend for some meditation and mm -hmm. uh, I felt it was really hard for me to find the right word in German to describe what was so easily flowing in English <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know that because I also try to learn German it's a very difficult language to learn to be honest <laughs> It's it's more constructive, right? It's, it's yeah. kind of like like an engineering language. I mean, that's I what I heard not too long ago, and um, yeah. Now I lost a little bit the the track where I wanted to go <laughs> because of. But I know yeah, Eckhart talks. Yeah, Eckhart, yeah, he he talks. He, he talks about these things, right? If you're not ready for it, you will not listen or read him because you're not ready. Um, when you're ready for it, you will understand his messages. And, and it's true, I think. I know. Yeah. I think like some, some people like even uh, really ask that what kind of a book is this from him? You know, what sort of a book is this? There's nothing in there. And some people even like, like blast at him saying that what's in there? Like what sort of craziness is there? But, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... 
I don't know. For me, I just feel him. I just feel his genuine thing, you know. I that's how most of the time I figure out people. I just feel it. It's genuine. Okay, but uh, let's then let's then go. So so you you got your degree. You continued no more degrees. You gave classes to pupils in English, mm. and you yeah, were searching for enlightenment. Yeah, and at the same and at the same time, most of my if I could say. I would have given ten percent of to all that work, but ninety percent always with this work, with the spiritual work. My mind was always in this work. But you were still down in. Um, you had many awakenings, but you still were not really good yeah, mentally. I, yeah, I sort of one time I still remember I was meditating, and suddenly, like I just out of the meditation, I started crying. Okay, and then out of nothing, for like very long time, I cried, and then I'm like, "Why am I crying? <laughs> nothing happened." And then I'm like, "Just because of the suffering of other people." It's oh weird. wow! And that I found that really weird because I've never cried for other people's suffering before. But this is I really ask myself, "Why am I crying? Why?" Just other people are suffering. So much suffering is out there. Just pure that, you know, and I found it really weird because that's never happened in my life. Because, yeah. But and when was that? I, it's like some years back. I maybe two thousand, uh, oh, like fourteen or two thousand thirteen okay. in that time. Yes. So that yeah, that's of course. Yeah, awakening where you know like. Like it's like for a moment I felt other people suffering, you know, like just became like one with other people, sort of. And uh, I felt like enormous suffering is there. So I was crying, crying, crying for like nearly fifteen minutes. I was crying. It's really wow. crazy. So, so yeah. after that, you had another understanding of yourself or from the world. Uh, well, I could say I was lost. I wasn't very, very, uh, and like, like I got the answers for anything or anything like that. Just at that time, I cried, and then that, that's it, you know. To be very honest, I was very lost. You know, sometimes there were times I'm like, is there anything called enlightenment? You know, <laughs> and yeah. I mean, how do I know whether what if this is not even real? Because I am putting all my life on hold, and I'm just going after this. And what if it's not even real? I mean, no one can guarantee that. Other people say they are awake, and other people, I mean, how do we know? You know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Oh, uh, I'm there. I'm exactly at that point. <laughs> how do we know? How do we? How do you know even what what I have gone through any awakening? You know what I mean? Only. That's the truth. So, I was like that, you know. It's like I don't know whether there's something called like enlightenment, and uh, so yeah. And also, I was following another one, uh, like uh, like I was following many many teachers. One time, just like you said, you got irritated with the cartoonist. My teacher was like someone really influenced me in my life is Osho. Osho, I don't yeah. Heard of him. Yeah. And uh, 
I have read only his books, like 40 plus books, just on Osho. 40 plus books? On Osho. <laughs> I'm like a big fan. <laughs> I am like a, he's, I could say even he's my dad, it's like that big influence on me, you know? And yeah. Wow, so, so you got the guidance through books and these teachers. Yeah, I, to be very honest, I feel like um, I can't rely on other people for the information. I feel like these enlightened people are the most trustworthy source of information that I could find, you know, for some, for some odd reason, I don't know. That's how I felt at the time. So I feel like this is the most trustworthy place that I could listen. So I just immerse myself in this, uh, whoever it's, I, if I felt, but, but to be honest, in the beginning, Osho, I doubted him. I got so annoyed mm -hmm. with him, just like you said. I felt like, oh my goodness, this is such an arrogant man. How does he think that he's the, like, that's, that's how I look at him. I, I still remember, okay? <laughs> and uh, I got so irritated just by listening to him, looking at his arrogance. And one time, I just went to my coach. At that time, I had a coach who is NLP practitioner. And I went to her and then I just said, shared my stories and all that stuff happened. And then after that one time, I just asked, talked to her and said, do you know Osho? And then she said, yes. And then I said, oh, he's such arrogant man, right? Like such a big ego, I said to her. And then she's, she looked at me and said, he's an enlightened person. <laughs> and then she said, she said another thing which irritated me more. Said, <laughs> you are projecting your arrogance onto him. And then I'm like, I got really annoyed with that. <laughs> because that's not what I expected. I wanted her to just join with me and just like, like, tell yeah, yeah, he's really arrogant, but that's not what I expected, you know? And then uh, I'm like, but I didn't trust Osha at the time, but I trusted my team, like NLP practitioner, my coach, you know? So um, I was like, okay, really interesting. Why did she say she's enlightened? Because at that time I had no idea how to figure out people who are enlightened. How would you ever figure that out, you know? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then since I trusted her, I started listening to reading him more and more. And then I got more irritated. <laughs> but then I realized at a one point after reading years of Osho, he was pure emptiness. I was projecting my own arrogance to him. That was completely my arrogance. That was completely my ego. I was projecting onto him and seeing that. And that completely blew my mind. But I, that was years after that I had that uh, realization. But, uh, but yeah, I just said that because you mentioned that how you got irritated. You know? No, that's beautiful. I mean, so I have to talk less and have my guests speak more. Uh, and, and, but it, it's so true. I have. I remember a friend of mine gave, he found whatever book on a bookshelf when he was traveling and had nothing to read because his back then his ex-wife had the mother there and he was just feeling like <laughs> sitting there and not having to do anything while they're chatting. 
and he was watching listening to some podcasts i do not remember sorry guys i do not remember the name um and he was talking exactly about what you say but that guy was testing all kind of drugs right he tried all kind oh, of drugs to get to enlightenment i was like uh, dmt everything and he just said uh, if you're not if you cannot let go of your ego you will feel you're dying and all these things mm -hmm. and in one of the talks i listened to five or six episodes before i got like okay i what he says resonates but i don't really enjoy listening to him because it's not my path he, mm -hmm. he went another path mm -hmm. than i wanted but he also said exactly that he said like if you you know he also had like his teachers and said exactly the same he was like how can you be a whatever teacher and you have mm. you know and you just have all these different girls mm. uh, it was just him projecting his fears and whatever onto that person that person was not married and mm. was just enjoying life yes he was mm. teaching spirituality mm. but that doesn't mean that you sit in an empty room <laughs> and mm. sleep on the floor <laughs> yeah um but so that that's very interesting so you bring up a lot of these small steps mm. and you did a lot of work i can see oh, yes. I... you did a lot of work to get there where you say okay i actually project my ego my arrogance on that person mm. what did that do to you when you had that aha moment i i just <laughs> i i couldn't believe it you know i was like I don't know, I was speechless at that time when I realized in every practitioner was exactly to the point. <laughs> you know, but it took some time, some maybe two years, but I kept on reading, kept on reading, no sure. But then I realized she was to the point, 100% right. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, I became more and more humble after that. Uh -huh. You know, so yeah. I realize I am, I, I was arrogant. It's not him, <laughs> it's me. Okay, you know, oh, where is this? Suffering because of my arrogance, that's the truth. So you were suffering because of your arrogance? Yeah, I was, like, I was arrogant. That's what I was projecting onto him, you know? <laughs> How did the people react around you when you had that, aha, uh -huh, and this, ah, uh, shit, I'm arrogant. Um, how did the people like your family, your friends, how did they react on you? How did your life change? Was it getting lighter or was it getting harder? I could say both. You know, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I was feeling lighter and lighter and lighter, but then people around me didn't really like it. You know, the oh. that I was going forward, there were times that some like, I still remember one person coming to me and said, I'm wasting my youth to putting my whole, like, life into this work like this, you know. I was like, this is the best decision I've ever made. And I was very, very bad. To be honest, I was like, I also had doubts in the past. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and, uh, but, but I just felt right. I felt right. You know? Uh, yeah. And, 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 and when did you find uh, your Buddhistic monk? When did he come into play? Or she? Wait, I guess it's a man. It's a or? man. Yeah, it's a man. 
Oh, it's like this. Uh, and uh, like in 2018, like my brother and mother was listening to a monk and the Buddhist monk in the TV, they were like oh. sitting into the TV and he's watching there. And they asked me to come and sit, you know, and like watch this person. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't have time because I, I am, like, I was like very, very, I was very confident with what I was listening already, you know, I, I'm like around the world, I know anyone who is in line, like, and, and also like he was from Sri Lanka. So, I mean, I used to listen to like monks in the past, but that really, like, I feel like it's a little bit complicated. So I didn't really want to listen, but somehow I heard one word from this Buddhist monk, which really resonated with me. And I said, oh, yeah, I'm fine. But then I heard one word which really hit me, which is like the universal truth. He said he's talking the universal truth. I'm like, sure. oh, that's interesting. And I came to my room and then I started, I, I started listening to him by myself in the room. I do everything in my room. And, <laughs> and I was like, you know, and uh, so, I came to the room and I started listening to this man. I'm like, okay, this man knows something. This man has the answers that I'm looking for. Finally, I met the guy, you know? I was listening hours and hours. There were like 50 episodes, okay? <laughs> and it's hours, like two hours long, I think one episode. And when my... <laughs> My, my, my parents were like, my brother and mother was like at uh, episode like five, I have finished all episodes 50, <laughs> you know? And uh, because I realized, okay, interesting. This man knows something. And um, he's from Sri Lanka too. I am from Sri Lanka. So I'm like, okay, I mean, I can reach to this person. Because even if I see this man, it's enough. Because I realize he's a living Buddha. You know, what I want to tell you is, Oliver, there are living Buddhas and Jesus around us. But the thing is, do we have the eyes to recognize them? Very interesting. Uh-huh. Living yeah, Jesus and Buddhas. Until, until that Buddhas and Jesus are coming, there are already living Buddhas and Jesus walking around. Find those people. Do you have eyes to recognize them? That's the question you need to ask yourself. And I realized this man is a living Buddha. And then I wanted to connect with somehow, I just wanted to see him. Just, just wanted to see him. That's all. I didn't want to do anything, just wanted to see him. You know, so because I felt like I could, I felt so good listening to him. And then, um, one time I went on a trip with some friends and uh, in the, like, like near, like near the pool, there are these chairs and I just sit down on the chair and then I started writing an email to this teacher. And I wrote everything that I did so far. You know, every teacher I listened to so far. And <laughs> I put all my work on into the email and I just typed the email. I, and I sent it to him. I don't know what will happen, but I just, anyway, I sent it. And, uh, and after that, 
I thought like, okay, I had the, I found the number of the, the teacher and I thought, okay, I'm going to call him. And, uh, and then, oh, that's a nice background. No, that's better, huh? <laughs> and then I called the, uh, called the monk, you know, I didn't know what will happen. But anyway, I just, I just called him anyway. What there to lose anyway, right? So I called him. I think he would say, I don't want to talk with you. Or he would talk to me, right? So I called him anyway. And luckily he talked to me. When I called him, he talked to me. <laughs> I'm so, so happy. He's like a public figure in Sri Lanka. And I'm like, okay, this is good. And then, like, and I, I just, I, I told him like, oh yeah, like I want to see you and just, just, I haven't seen you, it's just like a living Buddha, I'm seeing like a living Buddha and all that. And then uh, <laughs> just shared my stuff and all that. Um, we had a little bit of conversation and then I found that he's coming to Colombo so for a particular place. And uh, I just went with my mother to see him. You know, I knew that he will be coming. <laughs> and I was sitting down so happy, just waiting until the monk appeared, and then my mother and me, and then uh, just went so early. And uh, it's like, okay, he's supposed to come at uh, six. Now it's the time, or oh, it's like six now. I'm just so like eagerly waiting, but he's not appearing. And 6 30, no, he's not there. Seven, he's not there. And then by 17 or somewhere like that, there's a monkey came in, but then that's the student, like a student. <laughs> I'm like, I was so disappointed, but we didn't have any choice. We went all the way, because I'm not living in Colombo, so I'm sort of living in a village and like not exactly in Columbus. So, And then, okay, we came back. I was very disappointed because I couldn't see him. Somehow, again, I tried my luck. This time I went with one of my friends uh, and sat down. And then this time I knew that he will be coming. And just like that, he came. I was so happy to see him. I just worshiped his uh, feet. And then uh, like, he just recognized me like, you know, and then because he, I have already sent him the email. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask a question from him, you know. And uh, so, but somehow he gave me the uh, mic to the, because that was like a huge hall with so much of people. And I was seated and I was given the mic and I asked the question. And that's how the whole thing started with this teacher. And after that, I <laughs> got like, yeah. And uh, I asked the question and he replied. And that, like, that was very, very enlightening that the answers he gave me. And then somehow I got the opportunity to work with him like this one-on-one, -on -one, having discussions with him for another one, like uh, sort of like one year or yeah, one year, I could say. I was working with him one-on-one -on -one like this, but I don't get to talk to him very often. You know, sometimes he's very busy, but somehow whenever I have some time, I was like, like asking my questions and everything. And, you know, I felt like, Oh, it's so easy with him, you know, everything that I was trying to figure out by myself. Now he's like, he can give it just like that because <laughs> he has already talked about. 
he just tell me exactly what I need to do. I felt so easy. And uh, he made it everything so easy. I think that's what happens with the teacher and it's amazing. And I did everything that I could possibly do, whatever he said I did. And after that, uh, in 2019, November, I went through a breakthrough awakening, you know, which was nothing like the awakenings that I ever experienced in my entire life. That was a complete shift, which I could not go back to the self that I was in the past. It was completely like a I don't know, I, I just get speechless whenever I try to tell about that awakening, you know, that was, it was like a permanent shift in consciousness. Even though I would like to go back to the self, I could know way that I could go back to that, the only self before. You know, I realized that maybe that's why so many people who like, like gone through awakenings, they change their names, you know, because with that name, they had the memories and everything uh, attached to that, you know, and uh, yeah. So, so I, did you change the name as well or no? Not? I, don't, I didn't really change my name. It's just still me from the very beginning. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I have seen many, many people who has done that, you know, and then I actually also do it because I never like could go back to my dear self before. So yeah. So what has changed? I mean, what was this awakening, this consciousness, this this understanding you have that you do not want to go back to the life before? I mean, now you just share to us that for nine eight years up to that point, almost nine years, you were just absorbing a lot of spiritual teachings and awakening mm -hmm. teachings. And and there so does it mean like you realize you do not have to search so much anymore so you can spend your time differently or you what mean is after it? the awakening? Yeah, after the breakthrough awakening. Yeah, to the breakthrough awakening, what really happened was my seeking stopped. That's the only difference. That's it. Nothing. My life is just <laughs> completely just like normal, just like before. And uh, but uh I was in a, like, I started like uh, experience life in a different way. I felt like everything has stopped in my life, you know? It's like suddenly everything is like stopped, you know? I started seeing colors, different colors that I've never seen before. I started oh. feeling like the taste of the food, which I've never experienced before, you know? And it was very, very like different, you know? And uh, nothing really major different happened, just that I started seeing the reality as it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. the, so the question is, how is reality? The reality, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question, you asked. Okay. Here's the thing, uh, Oliver, like during that awakening, I will explain to you what really happened, you know. I was in the room at 1.30 a.m. in the morning. I was, in the, I was in a very, very, at a very, very, I could say, uh, deepen now, you know, like a nowness. I don't know whether there's a word exists like nowness. <laughs> 
I don't know, but I felt like I was in a very, very deep now. You know, I was just watching a video and nothing special. Suddenly this happened to me, you know. At the time of the awakening, what I have, what, what I felt was, I felt like I just woke up from a very, very, very long sleep. <laughs> wow. Very long sleep. I felt like I was living upside down for 28 bloody years. Oh. Uh. <sighs> I don't know the questions. <laughs> you don't need to know everything. No, no, we don't need to know everything. It's just like, I'm like, wow, it's just, but how can, I mean, that's again, going back to Eckhart Tolle because, you know, he has been guiding us through some of the questions here, especially your life. Mm. He always says you cannot mentally understand something. You have to experience it. Exactly. That's what I'm doing now with other people, you know. Yeah. Because I I had all the information. I had all the knowledge in the world, Oliver. (laughs) I mean, to be honest. I have read, I said like just by Osho, just 40 plus books. I've read hundreds of them spiritual books. If you want the knowledge, yeah, but nothing just, my suffering is always there. <laughs> Information can't like transcend your suffering. That's the problem. I wish, I really wished back then. And I really wished. Yeah, but as you said, <laughs> you just, the mirror. I mean, it, you're just saying to me what I heard so many times. You have all the knowledge. When are you getting in your body? <laughs> That's where I am. I'm just at the door going through because the knowledge is there. Mm. And I have not done as much work as you, but I know I have a lot of knowledge. Mm. So the knowledge, is the knowledge is the ultimate barrier to this path. Trust me. <laughs> And I had to unlearn everything that I learned. Like, to be honest, everything in the degree, everything, you name it. Oh, my goodness. Talk about that. Yeah. I I can see it's a very emotional memory for you still. I I was crying. I was crying. I I felt like I was dying. I literally... Wow. So, so you felt dying, but you were reborn. Exactly. I felt like literally dying. I was scared to death. I was so scared. It was so scary. It was, it was so scary. I was crying like a baby. I'm being honest. That's what happens when I right there. Yeah. Well, well, uh, for, for the ones which have not had such a feeling, which are most of the people on this planet, how can you get scared to die in that situation? Did you get like a heart race? Did you get sweating? Did you get unconscious? What was it that made you feel you're dying? I mean, it's the death of the ego, I guess, to, yeah. to some degree. 
that's what some people search through drugs right and that's you oh, know yeah. with or, or breath work or yeah. meditation on on the himalayas in underpants i have no idea mm. <laughs> but <laughs> but but what is the feeling that makes you feel like now you're dying now you're you, everything you know is just collapsing and destroyed yes like suddenly everything disappeared everything just disappeared it's so scary i realized there's no one outside of myself i'm creating the whole world by my mind there is never anything outside of myself i was experiencing my own thoughts the whole time the whole time uh, <laughs> yeah i intellectually have heard that many times not experienced but you say exactly yeah. what i've learned so many times yeah uh, jim carrey is talking about that if you know oh, yeah. says, our eyes are the projection of our thoughts so we experience our thoughts as reality or something in that okay direction. I, I, i mean i will try to give you like a 3d experience of like this i will try <laughs> you know i will try no, no, <laughs> if i fall off and you don't hear of me then uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh well you know don't worry nothing will happen it's just not like that it just try to give you like a glimpse to what i'm trying to say like uh like okay can you just explain a dream you had like at night you know <laughs> um me like you asked oh, yeah. me yes 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 you <laughs> you you on the other side which is listening to this podcast please send a message to dimly or me but please do that i mean if you listen after we record it now is whenever you listen for me that has been for around one and a half two years i can see i have made notes about sleeps Uh, which are from 2019 mm. and i did actually a mind valley uh lucid dreaming quest because i want to experience my dreams better but my dreams feel like thoughts mm. so i don't have many dreams where i have somewhat the feeling i'm inside mm. so i never have the feeling like what's happening here i never have a dream where i'm looking at my hand like hey this feels like reality So so for me that's very difficult. For me the dreams are always kind of like made up in the thoughts. It's like reading a book. Mm-hmm. Not like when you read a book and you read it and then you have like the thoughts and you start to imagine let's say it's a fantasy book and you start to build up this the story. Mm-hmm. That's how my dreams are. Mm-hmm. And they're very chaotic. That's why I know it feels like thoughts because things are just jumping. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm in a room with a friend for example mm-hmm. and then next things I remember I'm on on the way outside between houses with mm. the friend going to a party next mm. thing i'm in the party mm-hmm. it's getting crazy and everything and i want to go home but i wait until everyone left and then i go home and then i'm home but everything in between is not existing it's just like boom 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 mm-hmm. or or the house suddenly has no roof and there's a lot of people in it and it nothing makes sense mm. <laughs> but that's oh. how it is for me <laughs> it's perfectly fine so that's the dream you had right which you just yeah one i can remember now so i want to ask you the question like at the time of that sleep like you had this dream when you were sleeping right at night 
So at that particular moment, like who created that dream? I would say my thoughts, my mind, something. Your mind, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Your mind. And uh, during that time, like, uh, like, for example, when you're seated with your friend, how did you feel? The feelings were, feelings are even less in those dreams for me. Mm-hmm. It's very seldom, but I feel confused most of the time. Okay. You felt or I feel hurt or misunderstood. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's say you felt hurt, right? So I want to ask you the question, Oliver, if there was a dream, why did you feel hurt? <laughs> I'm just curious. Because of a memory, because of it's connected with something I experienced before in real life or in the 3D world. It's like, because at that particular moment, you didn't know there wasn't real. Do you know what uh, I mean? Yeah, if but you that... Knew that at that moment, if it was not real, you wouldn't have any emotions, right? It's like you would be just, oh, it's just a dream. Like in the morning, you're like, oh, that's just a dream. But for you, okay, at that particular moment, you felt it real, okay? At that particular moment, you felt real until you wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you mean. Well, so but then what I... I would tell you is like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, because there's a lot of questions and I do not know if we lost a few of our listeners. And um, the, the, the question is, of course, if, we, if everything we see is a projection from our mind, mm-hmm. And it just, you know, like uh, Jacob is just passing me now. <laughs> Luckily, I think. But how do I interact with you? Is that just a projection of my mind? I just said, like, I would like to have someone from Sri Lanka talking about mm-hmm. her awakening. How, how does this interaction work? Or are we just a lot of minds interacting somehow and interfering with what we experience? And then, but then how does that work? <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing. It's, I have so many things which when my teacher said this is the whole thing is a dream. I'm like, that's the question I asked when I first, uh, like in that satsang, when I got the mic, like that's the question I asked. Because I was like, how do you say it? You know, I was so confused with what he said. Uh, uh, is this a dream? Yeah. That was the question. What if, well, yeah, what yeah, what if it's, what if it, the dream you're talking to is also a projection of your own mind? What if you're seeing your own thoughts? There's no dream outside of yourself. What if? What if? That would explain experiences from friends. When you change yourself, the way you look at the world or feel, the people around you change mm. because then the projection changes from the people you mm. yeah but then i'm really powerful then everyone which is listening to this is really powerful or in the end i'm just doing a podcast and it's only me listening to it 
<laughs> Here's the thing, what I realized in the awakening is, okay, why I got terrified is I went into a very, very, very deep loneliness because I could, I can't explain that in words <laughs> because I was so afraid to losing people around me. I, I told you like everything just disappeared suddenly. And I was like, at that particular moment, I was, if there was any grass, I would hold on to that. Yeah. It was just like that. It was so scary to, it's so scary to know that there's no one outside of yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> so what I'm saying is, you've never experienced any outside of your world. It's just you experiencing your own thoughts moment to moment. It's just like I could take it as an example. Imagine you're like just staying in a very, very dark room by yourself and you are imagining this whole thing on your mind. That's what can, that's what's exactly happening. What if this is, I mean, you don't need to really believe me because this is too far. That's scary. I know. That's why I told you I was so scared. That's scary. What if, you know, what if? And then at that particular moment, for the first time I understood what Hinduism in that religion, it says life is a Maya, which is to say life is an illusion. For the first time I got what that was saying. And then I realized why the Buddha was talking life is nothingness. The world is this nothing, this, this huh. empty. I realized that man was not like some, like the Buddha was not some, like, uh, like a negative teacher or anything like that. It's just, he was talking the reality. You know what I mean? This, I, do you hear me now? Yes, I, I hear because, because we had the, I was told the internet is unstable, but okay. what you say, I all know that, but I don't experience it. Or like, mm. no, I don't know all of that, but, mm. I've heard it in one or the other way, and it makes sense. Mm. Yet living it, mm. living that truth, mm. is very difficult. And it also goes, I don't know, now you have listened to a lot of these healers. So there's also Jody Spencer, but he's more, mm. he's not like a spiritual healer in that perspective. He's more like a physical healer. Yeah, I know Jody. Yeah. <laughs> How can you not? <laughs> so then there's also Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden uh, in that trilogy. Uh, and that makes sense. So when you really realize there's nothing as everything there is, is, is your thoughts which are projected. So mm. your body can be whatever, mm. right? Mm. So you can heal your body. And I, I do not know when I saw it, but probably a year ago mm. in the news, there was one Indian guy which said he didn't eat or drink water for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So he was just living from being mm. and he actually went to the hospital and they had him for seven days and they didn't give him food or water he didn't mm. go to the bathroom um but i haven't heard from that so mm. if this is all there is it's our projection we should be able to do all these things for me i, I mean just i can do this no no but that's that's just what when when i listen to you yeah. and, and all these things are here then yeah. That should all be possible. We could basically change. I could basically say, you know what? I do not want to talk to you through Zoom. I want to sit next to you and have this talk in yeah. 
face-to-face. -face. Yes. So theoretically, that should be possible because everything is made up. Great, that's interesting. And to be very honest, I can't do any of those stuff. I can't really <laughs> make uh, well, like wine out of water and I can't talk <laughs> the water don't expect i i don't i can't do any of those stuff i can't live with being bullshit and uh <laughs> to be honest like that's the problem that's why people don't see the living buddhas you know? ah, because that's you want to see the people back because that's what they are looking for but they never find that people they just there's so many people trying to say you know tell this truth but they just don't say them, you know. Uh -huh. that's, they, that's how they get distracted. They think, oh, the person could be, oh, what miracles? But it's nothing, there's no miracle. Miracle itself is realizing who you are, realizing this truth, that's it. There's no other miracle. I don't, I don't have any superpowers. <laughs> that's, that's the truth. No, no, but we are, yes. I mean, life kind of is superpower. Yeah, I think so. I think like that I support other people and they feel their energy and I could support them that itself and then I could support them when sometimes they could realize this truth. That itself is a miracle for me. You know, that's, that's a miracle. You know, if someone just gets these teachings and then they realize that truth for themselves, that's a real miracle, you know, because that is the only thing that can transform your life, you know. Yeah, so yeah. now we we got a taste as good as you can give it to yeah. how it yeah. what happens when you basically mm. realize who you really are. Mm -hmm. And and then after that that was end nineteen and then shortly after that we had the corona lockdown. Oh yeah. So so it was only like two, three months after that. So did you, you said you go back to life as usual, but did you start teaching people after that, you know, core awakening or? Yeah, to be honest, for one year's time, I didn't tell this to anyone. Like, like I told this to the, my teacher and he already like confirmed, like he just had, a, he had a discussion with uh, my teacher. And also I had a discussion with another uh, teacher and uh, I told like few people around me, but I didn't really tell this to anyone. And wow. I didn't even do anything, to be honest. I didn't even earn money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was showing other people as if I was being productive. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I wasn't doing anything, to be honest. I was just doing many, nothing, nothing. Completely just living, eating and sleeping, just like other people. Uh, but the deal inside has changed, you know, it's just not that deal before. And uh, yeah. Uh, and after one year's time, I, uh, I feel like my, I mean, how do we know like our lives are fragile, right? One of the motivation that I had in, uh, when I was doing this work, Oliver was like, our lives are so fragile. We, we don't know whether we will be tomorrow, you know? That's, that's how fragile our lives are. And we could die right just like that. We don't know whether we'll wake up in the morning, we could have an accident just like that. 
So that's another motivation, like a drive I had to realize this truth at such a young age, you know, because I realized, oh my goodness, you know, I'm not going to wait until 60s to figure this out. You know, that's something I would never do. And so, uh, so what, uh, what we were like. <laughs> it, it was more like what you did after I mean I had oh, yeah. seen on the Instagram yeah. that you had this testimonial so I was not yeah. sure if yeah. you build up a coaching or, or, or something oh yeah what really happened was like I wasn't open to tell this to anyone because I didn't want to again get crucified like what happened to Jesus you know? <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I just wrote a book but I didn't publish it You know, I wrote a book and I didn't publish it, but I did something. I uh, One time I went uh, on Mind Valley, and there's a course called Integral Life, and the Kindle yeah. is talking a wake-up experience there, you know, and it's interesting. So what I did was I just shared my experience there. I realized, wow, like there are people who are open to this. Why not put that out there? You know, and then I put it there. And for my surprise, people got really uh, inspired and wanted to like uh, know my story. You know, I found that wow, well, like it's, I didn't expect that. So, and after that, uh, I just published my book on Kindle called "Life Is a Dream." You know, and uh, it's very easy to read, and uh, I have put my. Uh, story in there more in a very very like a very easy way easy to read any any kid can understand that so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and after that I like like I thought like uh, there was one coach who just uh, said like all all the time like you have so much value to give why don't you coach and then then only I started like coaching people And I started seeing really, really people are getting healed. You know, people come to my calls and start crying, you know, and just telling stuff yeah. which I don't even, they expect them to share, you know, like, which is incredible. And I saw how much they are getting healed. And then I realized, oh, well, like, just transform people's lives, you know. So, uh, and what I always ask it, sometimes people like, Uh, ask me like what if your awakening is not, like just some another nonsense you know another just some dream you know like some clients have that you know and then I'm like oh that's interesting how do you know you know how do you know <laughs> you know that's that's a really good question and uh, what I would suggest is don't worry about whether I have awakened or not because that really doesn't support you whether I am awakened yeah. or not It doesn't give you anything, but if it really reduces your suffering, if it your suffering going down and down by doing my work, I think that makes sense. You know, so what I suggest is don't worry about whether I my awakening or anything. Just if you like suffering, because that's why we are in the spirituality, right? That's why we I came onto this work because I realized human condition is we are suffering. You know. Like we are like in a burning house because we believe that there's a self, call, tell me or liver, 
you know, but in reality, there's no self. But once you create a whole world around this self, this is my, uh, like if you take my life, my father, my mother, my house, my business and everything, whenever something, my stuff, like going down or have something happening to them, my stuff, be burning inside ourselves. That's what happens, you know. And uh, so, yeah, like, and then I started like doing that coaching, like uh, for a, now, like I'm continuing to coaching people and facilitate their own their awakening. And uh, so, yeah, that's 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 how I got into coaching. So that's, uh, I guess, Integral was available from October last year. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's probably where we met. <laughs> I think. Might so have much. seen you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, from from the quest, from the comments, mm. probably I've seen mm. something. Mm. Wow, I mean that that's deep. So I don't think people can absorb much more at the moment. Yeah. But I definitely will have more questions for you mm. to to close the whole thing down. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, what kind I of advice? Which I didn't you... even share about my awakening yet. You know, there are other aspects <laughs> which is like. Like I didn't really, we didn't have time, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, we can we can definitely do that a second time and say, oh, yeah. hey, uh, the missing aspects of the awakening, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, it sounds like it sounds cool for a title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of advice would you give the listeners after listening to where you come from? You know that you love blue dresses. And, and all your awakening and the depth of it, what is the advice you will give them for this episode? Uh, I would uh, suggest them to like find out who they are, like discover who they are for themselves, you know, so they can liberate themselves. If you do this one thing, I would guarantee you, you will die as a blissful person. I will guarantee wow. you that. That's, I, I have the feeling that's true. I had a similar thought the last two days. Okay. <laughs> like uh, when you get at peace with that, then it doesn't matter. Any call to action, how to do that? Ask yourself the two questions you had in the beginning or? Uh, or like in the beginning, you can listen to many, many teachers, you know, like, I don't know. Uh, that could even confuse people, maybe. What I yeah. would suggest is, uh, like, contemplate on the question, who am I? You know? And and what do I really know for sure? What's that? Yeah, that's another one that you can do. But uh, if I can give you one question, very, very important, who am I? Because what I got with the answer in the awakening was a direct experience of the question, who am I? not as intellectual understanding, but as a direct experience of the question, who am I, you know? So if you do this thing, I think it will completely transform your life. I, I, I guarantee that. Wow, this is, it's, it's deep. I mean- It is. Because <sighs> listening to you- work, you know? 
it's it's okay. it's it feels like yeah she's talking nice and everything but i know that yeah. there's a lot of deep knowledge there and a lot of deep yeah. thing mm. uh, but you have to experience for yourself to really mm. understand the, the yeah. depth of of what you said yeah. here exactly yeah so i hope i was able with this interview with you to you know to get more people interested or opening their eyes and saying okay I actually haven't asked me myself those questions or so far I got irritated when other people talk about that yeah. <laughs> and okay. thought that's just crazy. Um, so I love that. And where can people reach out to you? I'm not, I know you're on Instagram, but do you have other platforms you want them to reach to you? Other uh, platforms. I, I don't really use uh, much social media, but only thing that I use is uh, uh, Instagram, which is my username is dealme 7 lak It's seven in digit, okay? Yeah. Seven in digit, L-A-K. How comes you had to find an extra adding to dealme or does it have a meaning? Uh, this this phrase, do you ask, is there any? Yeah. Dilmi7alk, does it have a special meaning? Oh, not really, no, no. Okay, <laughs> it's just because you could not use Dilmi. Yes, I just, <laughs> I just, out of nothing, you know. I don't know, who knows, in a few years, suddenly there comes a meaning to it. <laughs> oh, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Super, but then, yeah, I, I don't ask you about books. We have talked about Osho. If you want to read Osho, you have a lot to read about him, Eckhart Tolle, the monk you were talking about. Do you wanna? Is there something for people to listen to him? Oh yeah, if they want to, yeah, sure. What's his name? Uh, okay, you have to write that down. So I will put that in the show notes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll, I'll send it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a. Uh, one more of these heavy Indian names, which I mean, it's not Indian, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sri Lanka. I mean, yeah. This, much, um, yeah. Cool together. <laughs> super. But then uh, I think we can stop the recording here and I thank the listeners for their attention and see you another time. And thank you, Dilmi, for being here on the show. That was really inspiring. Thank you for like giving me this opportunity, Oliver. Thanks again. Hello again, here at the end of the show. I hope you really enjoyed this interview I had today with my guest. And if you do so, please go, if you have not done that already, and subscribe to my podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. Put some star ratings or thumbs up or whatever you can, hearts I've seen somewhere, and leave a, a review, a comment about the episode. And if you have some direct messages for me, you can also do that directly on anchor.fm slash shirach, S-C-H-I-R-A-C-H, as uh, in the form of a voice message. You can also send me an email on o uh, uh, shirach, like for Oliver Shirach, o shirach in one word, uh, at gmail.com, um, or reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, 
and I love to get some feedback. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me what is not so good because we all want to improve and I want you to have the best experience. Perhaps you also want to be on the show or you know someone else that could be really fun to be interviewed by me. With that, thank you very much and have a great day. Oh, go sleeping now. It's time. Your eyes are heavy. See you then. Bye-bye.